So let's go back to the Clippers game first. That was the first game in Staples Center, no Kawhi. But you get 27 points from Kevin Durant. You get 22 from Seth Curry off the bench. Having Seth Curry right and healthy is a weapon, especially without Kyrie right now. Positive to have him. Uh, Royce O'Neal with another 12. Nick Claxton with 13. Joe Harris with 7. I mean, it was a team win. Again, the defense keeps them at 95 points. And that's a team over there with Paul George. That's a team with Luke Kennard, who has been shooting the lights out. Uh, but they kept him quiet. Reggie Jackson, who can get after it. John Wall, who started to try and cook on the Nets. What were you guys thinking of the only win that the Nets got so far on this road trip? That first game at uh, what I called Staples, but now is Crypto.com Arena against the Clippers, who a lot of people used to call, uh, you know, they used to call the Nets Clippers East. Let's Yeah, let's hope it wasn't crypto. Let's hope it wasn't fool's gold. Uh, you know, it was an extension of the... Uh, what we had seen before, right? And, and there was a genuine joy that you see from the team when things are going well. Even for KD. You, know, you see KD re- react in a certain way. Uh, and Seth Curry being back is, you know, look, they're desperate for anybody else that can create a semblance of a shot or a look on the offensive end. I mean, I, I don't think it's a complete coincidence the defense is better w- without Kyrie there. He, he, and Sumner is a very good defensive player. He's picking guys up like half court. He's got long arms. Claxton has become a bit of a presence on the defensive end. Guys seem to be trusting each other a little bit more, which is important for, for defense. I, I think that, you know, one state of the, the, the overall talent on the roster, though, is you, you take one of those pieces off the board and all of a sudden it, it crumbles and you go, what are we going to do? Seth Curry's not playing. Even missing Ben Simmons the other night as, you know, not uh, impactful as Ben has been. When Claxton goes out in that second half and then Ben's not there, there's no one with any semblance of size to stop Anthony Davis. And, and I think it's a, a commentary on the state of the team and what we're grasping at that on, on one out one side of my mouth, I'm saying they're playing inspiring basketball and they're fun to watch. And at the other side of my mouth, I'm going to say, you know, we desperately need T.J. Warren. The, the team need, right. desperately needs T.J. Warren. And I don't know what that says, right? Like when you're saying T.J. Warren is desperately needed, I don't know what that says about your, your roster overall. It, it says that your roster is incomplete uh, at the end of the day, right? I mean, if we're relying on Ben Simmons, potentially the, the, the dream that we all have of what a Ben Simmons could be as your backup center and you're lacking a, another big man. I mean, this is something we've been talking about with the Nets since we traded Jared Allen. Uh, it's, it's, it's a recurring problem that clearly isn't something that I, I would say is a very high priority to be fixed. But when we do not have, and this is something to say for Kyrie, when we do not have him and Kevin Durant on the floor at the same time, who are just, you know, double team magnets, triple team magnets, who can draw open our shooters and we can rely on great spacing and three point shots to just outscore teams, we are going to run into these problems where we have a lack of big man depth. And that can be addressed in certain ways and it isn't hurting us too terribly at the moment but there are situations that it will a playoff series is a situation that it will you know it it might it might not hurt us you know when we're fresh when we're not on a back-to-back when we're playing a different team but is this team as it is constructed the team that's going to finish the the regular season no i hope we had a big but as of right now that's going to be something that's a recurring problem just the same way we've been talking about it for years yeah, don't forget that Dayron Sharp was getting heavy minutes early on in this season. And we, we had, all were looking at Dayron like, yeah, he's not it yet. Like, gear two, he, he needs some time. Um, they have to figure it out. Uh, that first game, they were able to survive. The Lakers game, 
is really what more of the conversation's about because I felt like that was a reality check. So Anthony Data Davis, he's available. He's ready to go against the Nets, of course, right? This guy put on. Uh, he looked fully healthy. He looked like the best version of himself. He dropped 37 points on the Nets. And like we've already mentioned multiple times, you see Nick Claxton get exposed against him. We get Utah Watanabe back. I mean, he didn't really crush it or, you know, make a big impact, but he's already a fan favorite. He had 11 points, played 22 minutes, uh, shot 62% uh, from the floor. Um, I ended up falling asleep at the end of this game, and the score is misleading because a lot of those points came in the end of this game in the fourth quarter. That game was close. The Nets came out in the start of the second half, and they battled. But ultimately... You just saw a team in the Lakers who were inspired. You know, they're, they're having a rough go at it. And uh, they, they went out there and, and played. They they guarded Kevin Durant. And, uh, you know, he mentioned how the whole team is coaching them up as he's got the ball in his hands. Uh, Pat Beverly came out and said he set the tone against KD. I don't know. The biggest thing for me, and I'll pass it to you guys for your, your last comments on the Lakers game, is L.A., no more parties in L.A. They definitely party Saturday night. And Wait, then you can't that... quote Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, if I drop a Kanye uh, lyric, I must be anti-Semitic. You know You're going to disappear. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, they ain't going to cancel me. Um, but what was I going to say? They definitely partied in L.A. after beating the Clippers Saturday in that early game. And then I feel like they went to sleep and that time difference hit them like a ton of bricks. Like I said, I fell asleep on that game Sunday night. They fell asleep by the fourth quarter because by the time you get into the fourth quarter at 9.30 starts, 11 o'clock, 11.30, almost midnight when the game ends, um, I felt like the Nets were cooked. But I'm, I'm very excited to uh, see how they play tonight against the Kings. I think this, this is a big test. And the Trailblazers coming up. You guys' thoughts on the uh, Lakers' loss? Yeah, again, if I had just seen the score that they lost to the Lakers, it would have been worse than actually watching the game. It looked like a team with a little bit of tired legs that maybe did – you know, go out the night before or just was, was tired, missed open shots. And the Lakers were a team desperate for a win at the same time, too. The, the Lakers were, were going after it from Patrick Beverly, getting inside KD's jersey to Anthony Davis looking like, you know, the best version of himself, to even Russell Westbrook playing well. And the Lakers, who have not shot threes well all year, it happened to coincide with the Nets shooting so poorly, the Lakers actually hit their open three. So I'm not going to overreact to that one game, but I, I will – you know, just like I felt like the Raptors game very early in the season, that second game of the season, and maybe I was too hasty in saying that was a, a turnaround game because they, they spiral a little bit after it. I do think this, these two games coming up here, uh, Sacramento, where Sabonis is likely going to have his way with the Nets. He, he's just the kind of player that, that does. And Portland, uh, those are, are important for the rest of the season because this is a tough schedule coming up. This is a, a chance to, to set the tone for what kind of team you're going to be. And I'm not even saying the results necessarily. Now, I, I think you need to come away with at least one win. But I think the, the way we see this team play will be indicative of the team we're going to see the remainder of the year, for better or worse. Yeah, and the reality of this Nets team is that we're not going to be competing at the top of the East. At least I don't believe so. Not with the way the roster currently exists, with the way the Nets currently exist. And we need to beat the teams like the Kings, like the Trailblazers, that are going to put up a fight, but not necessarily have that massive level of, you know, Giannis-level star power that is going to be, you know, something that is at the, exists at the top of the East. 
we're probably going to be competing for those play-in spots, maybe a little higher. But if we can't win these games, and not just these next two, but in the long term, these style of games against teams in our conference, the Nets are going to be in for a long season because there are always going to be matchup nightmares. The way the Nets roster is constructed, we do not have a perfect matchup against every team. Sabonis is literally built to destroy the Nets, just like Vucevic in years past and Anthony Davis this weekend. it's going to happen. It's just a matter of being able to mitigate it. And now having a couple days break to be able to sit down and and look at your upcoming schedule and say, okay, well, we have a player that is a matchup nightmare. What is our new coach in Jacques Vaughn going to be able to implement? What's he going to be able to try? Because I do think he will be trying new things tonight to stop a player like that. Because if we cannot stop those players, then we are not going to be able to certainly not go past the second round in the playoffs, maybe not even, you know, compete well in the play-in games. But it is house money in a sense for KD. I'll, I'll say that. Like, before it, it, we, we determine what his future is and, and whether the Nets should trade him and everything like that, for a guy as online as Kevin Durant is, which I think we can all agree he's very online, and, and says, you know, he doesn't care about legacy and stuff, he's reading those tweets. He, he's seeing what people say about that. He's and responding it, a lot. <laughs> responding a lot. Yeah, he's been, he's been active. So if he's able to play at an MVP level, and the Nets play at a level that exceeds what people expect from the current roster, he's going to get a lot of credit. I, I, I hope he understands that. I hope he understands how much credit he will get. It doesn't matter if it winds up in a ring, because, look, he doesn't get as much credit for his rings as other people get for their rings. They still count. He's still a two-time champion, two-time finals MVP. But I think if you're you're doing the ring hierarchy or the ring tier list, a lot of people would put his rings lower because he went to the 73-win Warriors. To me, the most impressed I ever was with KD was that series against the Bucks, And they almost beat the Bucks, who went on to win the championship. So if they're able to play at that kind of level, with him playing at that kind of level, he's going to get his flowers, that's for sure.